No matter if the economy is up or down, healthcare careers continue to grow, especially in management. Stevenson University Online's Master's in Healthcare Management can put your career on a new track, especially for career changers with previous business, HR, or technology backgrounds. Discover new opportunities with our Healthcare Management Master's. No GREs, no application fees, and 100% online. Visit online.stevenson.edu slash healthcare management. Yeah, it's called conversations with Jeff, not screaming matches. Yeah, I, 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 you and I do not agree on Calvinism, but look how nice we are to each other. I think it's going to really shock a lot of people, thrill a lot of people. A lot of people are going to have to do some soul searching. It's like you know what? What are you doing? You're spending all your time trying to destroy another Christian because you don't understand what's going on. Mm-hmm. When you should be out there winning people for Jesus, right? Thank you for the job you're doing. Thanks for being willing to address these kind of issues. They're vital to the church. I feel sorry for what's coming your way, but God bless you, man. It's it's a good, healthy conversation, and, and let's keep growing together in the Lord. People won't change unless they hear the truth, though. And so we need to know the truth, uh, speak the truth. And then the last one I would say is that we need to stay in the truth, uh, no matter what the consequences are. Okay, everybody, welcome to today's episode of Conversations with Jeff. Um, it's, it's been a blast, uh, doing, doing these shows. Uh, again, you know, like our last one we had on Andy Woods, gotten to a lot of, you know, a lot of stuff that, well, some of the stuff we'll be talking about today, uh, you know, whether it's Black Lives Matter or coronavirus and all that crazy stuff that's going on. Like, literally, I feel like, uh, today we're in, crazy world apocalyptic end times craziness that you would only see in movies except it's real life so it's absolutely nuts uh before we get started with uh today's show uh wanted to remind you guys about the book that we are actually pre-ordering right now called church and state how the left used the church to conquer america uh got a bunch of great uh, contributing authors uh to that book it's another group book project we got people like pastor greg glock we got michael massey we got denise mcallister we've got pastor ken peters um you, we've got dr mike spaulding got, got a bunch of awesome awesome contributing authors really tackling this issue of how, about how the left is infiltrating the church and if the church gets conquered so goes america and we're i think we're really at the cusp of it's it's do or die time right now so this book will actually help to equip you guys to understand what's going on how to combat the, all of this so go to gatekeepersonline.com slash church and state use the code uh, jeff at checkout you get a copy of pastor sam jones new ebook why i'm pro-life so definitely check that out uh really excited about uh today's show we got uh washington state representative matt shea coming back uh for a second round of conversations with jeff but uh matt uh welcome back glad we could do this Jeff, thanks for having me on again. I appreciate it. Yeah, you know, and there's been some slight changes since last time uh, we had you on. I mean, now you're now you're a campus pastor, uh, you know, up 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 in Spokane. So congratulations on that. Thank you. Yeah, definitely. You know, so you know what's interesting is you know. I feel like there's obviously a lot of crossover between what's going on within Christianity, but then also within politics and all of that, all that kind of stuff. How has that been for you, kind of having a foot in both worlds, kind of at the same time? 
I, mean, I kind of feel like uh, President Trump, you go from the business world to politics, it's kind of like going from politics to the to being a senior pastor. That, you know, it, in a way, I was really prepared for some of, of the things that, that we've been facing here. But I think also, you know, that in the church right now, we need uh, strong leaders throughout this country that who are who are not only going to preach the word of God, they are going to stand and ex- help expand his kingdom in our country and be unashamed about that and not be cowed into silence or cowed into kneeling, as it were, which seems to be the popular thing right now. Uh, that's part of being a pastor. It's part of protecting the flock, protecting the church. And I think that uh, right now this is a hard issue for the United States. It's not a political issue. This is a hard issue. We have part of the country that wants to follow the Lord in righteousness and part that does not want to follow the Lord in righteousness. And that polarization actually is a good thing. A lot of people think it's not. It is a good thing. Are we going to stop fence-sitting? Some people are fence-sitting across this country and choose the Lord and righteousness or not. And I think it's really a key function of pastors to help make that decision much easier for people that are still trying to sit in the middle. And I think it's going to change our country dramatically for the positive. I think that evil is raging right now in this country because God is already on the move. Paralegals are highly essential from law firms and courtrooms to insurance, real estate, HR, and more. If a paralegal career or law school is in your future, Stevenson University Online's Bachelor's in Legal Studies will help you achieve your goals affordably with no application fee. 100% online, approved by the American Bar Association with new online sessions starting every eight weeks. Get started today. Visit stevenson.edu slash paralegal. No matter if the economy is up or down, healthcare careers continue to grow, especially in management. Stevenson University Online's Master's in Healthcare Management can put your career on a new track, especially for career changers with previous business, HR, or technology backgrounds. Discover new opportunities with our healthcare management masters. No GREs, no application fees, and 100% online. Visit online.stevenson.edu slash healthcare management. Yeah, well, you know, and, and I think historically, to a certain degree, uh, you know, when we're talking about this polarization, historically, I feel like there hasn't been that much difference between Republic, between Republicans and Democrats. You know, it used to be, you know, like I remember, you know, even when um, Obama was running for the first time, running against McCain, the way that they, the way that they campaigned and the platform that they stated, it seemed like I remember I remember sitting there thinking, I'm like, there's not that much different between McCain. And Obama. I mean, obviously, Obama went extreme progressive over the course of his presidency. But historically, I feel like there was room for those middle ground people where I get they would kind of straddle the fence. They weren't sure if they were going to go Republican or Democrat. Now we're so polarized. It's like, do we want to be socialist or do we want to be a freedom loving American country? It's 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 one or the other. I don't see how anybody can be in the middle anymore. Yeah, this this election is about is between communism and liberty. It is between the Lord and righteousness and those that want to follow a path of darkness. And it really is that stark. There's just no question about it. And it's interesting that a lot of people now have been awoken to the fact that these folks are radical Marxists. These, uh, and, and it's not just on what we would traditionally call the left, that some Republicans, establishment Republicans in particular, were actually birthed out of the same era and the same group of people that formed the deep state. Uh, there's a great book written on it called Target Patent by Robert Wilcox that really 
Uh, it talks about the genesis of the deep state, which was essentially 329 confirmed. We know this is a historic fact. 329 confirmed Soviet agents in the Roosevelt administration. They were the birth of the deep state. And then on the on the other side of it, uh, and this is very controversial for some people, but it is absolutely true. In fact, in Patton's memoirs, and in his, not his memoirs, his diary, excuse me, he wrote about what I'm about to say, and that is that General Eisenhower helped birth the establishment Republicans um, that we are facing today. And I, I found it very interesting that uh, during Trump's Fourth of July speech, there was only one historic general that he listed, and it was General Patton. And that is because General Patton knew about the threat of the deep state. He knew about the threat of establishment Republicans because they were from the same camp. Yeah, and th- and that that's pretty crazy when you actually look at that because it, it's one of those things where you know obviously President Trump's been talking a lot about the deep state and the establishment, and he's he's kind of been bucking that trend to a certain degree. But I, th- I think oftentimes a lot of people within Christianity and within the church. It's like they don't want to address that issue a lot of times because they feel maybe it's too conspiratorial. It's getting too involved in politics. And as we know, Christians can't get too involved in politics. Um, but it's, it's one of those things where, you know, it's interesting looking at the historical aspect of the deep state and the establishment. Now, you know, what, what is it that originally, um, were, what were they established to actually accomplish? Well, that's what's fascinating about this. And first, I want to take, I want to address one of your last comments. Politics is a mission field. In fact, I would argue it's one of the darkest mission fields. Uh, I actually talked to the lady who helped evangelize the pygmies in Africa, and I, I always like to say that the pygmies of Africa have been more evangelized than the politicians of Olympia and Washington D.C. And it's true, we because we didn't treat it as a mission field. We, we didn't treat it as something to go into to shine light in the dark, darkness. So I would really uh, admonish every Christian out there watching this. It is a mission field. The second part of that is that the temple of the Holy Spirit, the body of the believer, was supposed to be the government of the United States. That's what the founding fathers said. They did say no king but Jesus. Some people tried to say that didn't happen historically, but it did. And so we have an obligation – if we want to expand his kingdom on this earth to be involved in politics. Let's talk about the history. The The initial infiltration into the Roosevelt administration uh, was documented by a whole bunch of different primary sources, but I'm going to list three of the main ones. The first is called the Venona transcripts, which were the broken Soviet cables that we had access to, and so did Senator Joseph McCarthy. Is why he was so confident in what he was doing. In addition to that, later, something called the Matroikin archives actually came out of the former Soviet Union, and it was the largest KGB archives that had been smuggled out of that country. The Matroikin archives corroborated what we know was in the Venona transcripts. And you can read about this in the book The Haunted Wood, which talks about the Venona transcripts, and, then, and also a book called The Venona Secrets, and then also you can look up uh, the Matroikin archives in a book called The Sword and the Shield. Then later there was also a, a third book called Special Tasks by Pavel Sudoplatov, who was the assassin-in-chief for Joseph Stalin, that also corroborated a lot of this. So what happened was in the Roosevelt administration, it was so deep that literally the advisors to President Roosevelt at Yalta were KGB agents. We know this as a matter of historic fact, specifically Alger Hiss, 
who later became the first honorary secretary general of the United Nations. Uh, he was advising Roosevelt to essentially leave half of Europe in the grip of Stalin. And as a result, millions of people suffered and millions died actually because of that decision and were put into prison camps. So that it was birthed to control the United States in the follow-on of World War II, what was going to happen after World War II. In addition to that, you had the establishment Republicans, which were established to nullify the original, what we would consider a Christian constitutional conservative in the Taft presidency, but it wasn't a presidency because Eisenhower ran against Taft and he was trying to prevent constitutional conservatives from having a block. And those leaders that were birthed out of that movement went into virtually every state in the union to try to control the Republican Party to keep Christian constitutional conservatives uh, down and at bay so they could continue to control the country. And again, this is all about controlling the United States because we are the great obstacle between those that would seek world power and world domination and hate Christians. We are the obstacle to that. And this is historic fact. This is not conspiracy. It is documented um, ad nauseum in books that I just cited from first-person witnesses. It has been confirmed by people that have defected here to the United States of America, like General Mihai Pachipa, who was the highest-ranking KGB general to defect to the United States. He cataloged some of this in his book, Disinformation. So I don't want to go through a whole bibliography, but this is very well-established fact. What the better question is, is now that Christians know this, what are we going to do about it? Yeah. Well, you know, and, and I think, and I think that that's one of the, that's one of the things that I think we're, we're really dealing with right now is number one, we've got Christians that don't understand this stuff. But then on the other hand, you have Christians that even, even they do study this, they do understand this, but at the same time, not willing to actually get up and do anything about it. I mean, what, what are the, what are the repercussions if we don't actually deal with this, uh, in the, in the extremely near future? The repercussions are that they are going, they being the Marxists and Islamists and the globalists are going to try to destroy the United States of America and our republic and try to destroy Christianity like they have in every country that they've tried to take over. <laughs> and that's really what we're facing right now. It is that dire. And, uh, you know, people say, well, that's conspiracy. You know, that is a logical fallacy and, and conspiracy is actually the engine of history. Anybody that tries to say that is, is really admitting their ignorance on some of these issues. And so we need to kind of get away from the cliches that have been given to us by the mainstream media and actually go to the facts, go to the primary source documents, and then realize, hey, we are in a we're, – we're facing a well-organized, very, very well-planned enemy attack on this country to destroy the Constitution and, quite frankly, to destroy Christendom as well and Western civilization. And that's not hyperbole. Uh, many of the great generals uh, of today and great patriots in the highest levels of government believe that as well, and they're fighting against it. Yeah, well, you know, and, and I think I think we're really seeing that even with, like with Black Lives Matter right now. Um, and you know, and you know, most people they think okay. You know, again, in the mainstream, they're like, okay, we need to support Black Lives Matter. You know, we gotta, you know, we gotta make sure that there's no racism and that kind of stuff. But when you actually go and you look at the stated platform on the Black Lives Matter website, I don't know how any Christian could actually support that organization. But yet we've got a lot of evangelical leaders that are. Um, what, what's your take on the Christian's response, uh, or Christianity's response to Black Lives Matter right now? Well, I think that 
in many respects, it has been absolutely milk toast or go along to get along. And and I got to be, I mean, again, we, we have to call this out and draw a very clear line here. When you support Black Lives Matter, you are quite literally supporting the narrative of the evil one. That's just what's happening because it is a Marxist organization. Paralegals are highly essential from law firms and courtrooms to insurance, real estate, HR, and more. If a paralegal career or law school is in your future, Stevenson University Online's Bachelor's in Legal Studies will help you achieve your goals affordably with no application fee. 100% online. Approved by the American Bar Association with new online sessions starting every eight weeks. Get started today. Visit stevenson.edu slash paralegal. Bank of Clark County is making it easy to give to local charities. We're featuring a different one at each of our Bank of Clark County locations. To find out how you can support their good work, visit our website at www.bankofclark.bank or follow us on our social media channels and the hashtag GiveWithBOCC. Happy Holidays from all of us at Bank of Clark County. Member FDIC. This holiday season, pay tribute to the people who fought for our freedom to celebrate. Featuring the largest American flag in the region, Spirit Park is now open at National Harbor, honoring active duty military and veterans. Take some time this holiday to remember, offer gratitude, and be inspired by the sacrifices of our service men and women who make our way of life possible. Plan your visit at nationalharbor.com slash spiritpark. That's nationalharbor.com slash spiritpark. And I can prove it to you in about three steps. First of all, Freedom Road Socialist Organization, which is a Maoist organization connected to China and actually aided and abetted by China. Nobody, I think, argues that now, birthed Black Lives Matter. Two of their founders, the founders are three founders of Black Lives Matter, two of their founders, Opal Tometi and Patrice Kalur's, both admitted that they are trained Marxists. In fact, Patrice Fleur said it on a video that we have and we have been spreading around that she is a trained Marxist. She admitted it from her own mouth. And we have a picture of Opal Tometi hugging Maduro, a Venezuelan communist dictator, right? So you have clear indications these are trained Marxists that are being aided and abetted by the Chinese government. And oh, by the way, isn't it interesting the timing it's at the time when Trump is trying to neuter the Chinese infiltration into the United States that the Chinese suddenly are aiding and abetting the unrest in America. These two things are not separate issues. They, they go very perfectly together, and it's important to understand that communism and Marxism in particular was born out of evil. You can read Karl Marx's poetry where he, he admitted that he thought he was going to hell that he gloried in that kind of stuff, that he gloried in chaos and ruined cities. He wrote this in his poetry uh, in the late 1830s, and you can go read it for yourself online. It's just you have to dig deep to find that the roots of Marxism, the roots of socialism, the roots of communism are evil. And, oh, by the way, Marx hated Christians. And in his Communist Manifesto in Chapter 2, he very clearly laid out four goals – He said we need to abolish private property, we need to abolish the family, we need to abolish eternal truths and morality, and he was specifically addressing Christianity, 
and we need to abolish nations and kind of national identity. We need to abolish all those things, and that's exactly what they're trying to do today. You can just go down the list of Black Lives Matter belief systems and, oh, by the way, their goals that they have stated, their requests for negotiation that they've stated, and you see it follows exactly along this pattern. It is an anti-Christian, anti-Western, anti-United States agenda, and anybody that is falling into this is quite literally, again, parroting the narrative of the evil one. Yeah, well, in, in, in one of the one of the arguments that a lot that a lot of times we're hearing from even like evangelical leaders about all of this is that a lot of us they're saying that us conservatives are too much into our nationalism. We're too much into you know American patriotism, and we're placing country before God and all that kind of stuff. You know, so so that when we're combating socialism for you know let's say for capitalism and freedom and liberty and all that kind of stuff, that's actually our idol. Um, so then theologically even how do, how do we deal with that well well first of all they would have to say that about israel too in the old testament which is clearly not true you have the lord clearly admonishing us to follow him first but what then i would return the question are you saying that the united states has not been the greatest country in history sending money and missionaries to spread the gospel of jesus christ throughout the world and that's not a good thing because you have to defend your statement now that somehow the U.S. is bad, and it's just simply not true. Or would you go against the Articles of Confederation of the United Colonies of 1643, which said the purpose of government was to expand the kingdom of Jesus Christ so we could all enjoy the liberties of the gospel and purity with peace? Is that wrong? And was it wrong then? Is it wrong now? Because that statement allowed us to become the country we are today that spreads the most missionaries and the most – uh, money helping people around the world. It's just a, it's a ludicrous, uh, red herring, logical fallacy that they're using. Nobody's making an idol out of the country. What we're saying is the country is a tool to continue to help spread the gospel and expand his kingdom in this world. And that's a good thing. We have brought more prosperity to other countries. We have brought more education to other countries. We have defended Western civilization, which has been the most prosperous system of government in the history of the world. And oh, by the way, too, I know I keep saying that, but it's, it's true. China admitted that what made America great was our religion. I want to read this to you because this is so, I, I think, shocking for a lot of people. This comes from a book called Jesus in Beijing by David Aikman. And here's what he said. So that, so they did a study, and, and they did a study on what made America great. Here's what it says. One of the things we were asked to look into is what accounted for the success, in fact, the preeminence of the West all over the world. We studied everything we could from the historical, political, economic, and cultural perspective. At first, we thought it was because you had more powerful guns than we had. Then we next thought it was because you had the best political system. Next, we focused on your economic system. But in the past 20 years – now, this was written in 2002, by the way. But in the past 20 years, we have realized that the heart of your culture is your religion, Christianity. That is why the West has been so powerful. The Christian moral foundation of social and cultural life was what made possible the emergence of capitalism. We don't have any doubt about this that was from the Chinese Academy of Social Sciences in Beijing. Quite literally, the atheist communist Chinese party believes that Christianity is what made America great, and we're still arguing about this. 
Yeah. Well, you know, and, and, I, and the thing is, like, when you actually look at history, you look at our founding documents, you can clearly see, you know, Christianity is woven directly into that. But but then when we're dealing with the argument, and I think that this is what gets a lot of conservatives caught up, is dealing with the argument of if Christianity falls, so goes our country. How, how, do, how do we articulate that in why Christianity and our faith is so important to the foundations of our country? When you take away the foundations, the rest of the structure falls. And that's – and again, it's interesting that the same people who argued what you just said, they, they also argue that we're making an idol out of the United States. But actually they're the ones making the idol out of the United States to us. They're projecting onto us because if they believed we were making an idol out of the United States, they wouldn't ask us why is Christianity so important to the United States staying whole and true because they're admitting – that we are making a foundation argument, that there is a, a, a science of judgment that if you invite evil in, God's wrath is, of course, going to follow because that evil is already under the curse. And it's a very simple idea if you think about it. Uh, I would – when somebody brings this up, I would just simply argue that are you saying that loving your neighbor, are you saying that being the most generous country in the history of the world, are you saying – that a country that has brought more people out of poverty than any other country in the world? Are you saying that a country that has the greatest technology and a military, which, by the way, treats prisoners of war better than any other country in the world, is a bad thing? Because all of that is rooted in Christianity. All of those policies, all of those governing structures were rooted directly in Christianity, and nobody can argue that. You can go back to... Uh, the, the commentaries on the laws of England, and that seven years after those were written, Thomas Jefferson cites the law of nature and nature's God, which were defined in those commentaries as God's will written into creation and divine, divinely uh, revealed scripture that we were basing our country on Judeo-Christian principles. You cannot divorce the two. And so the reason America is great is because it's good. And that old quote that if we cease being good, we're going to cease being great is because that's what God says would happen if we turn our backs on him. And it's that simple. And I can look out the door and I can see the skyline of the city of Spokane where there's supposed to be riots tonight by the Black Lives Matter and Antifa folks. And and I would ask the question back to these people, is that violence you're seeing in the street, that fruit, that fruit – of what these organizations are bringing forward. Is that what you want to see? Is that good? I don't think it is. And I can stand morally without any equivalence on that issue. Yeah. Well, you know, and, and I think that, that that's a really important, you know, point to make. And, and I think also when you, when you look at the comparison between the protests for like opening back up our country and opening back up the economy, extremely peaceful, extremely positive. Um, you didn't see any violence. I didn't hear of even a single piece of glass breaking. And then you compare that with Black Lives Matter, which is all violence, all riots, complete looting, complete anarchy, that sort of thing. You know, and, and then also too, it's like you, you can look at the comparison between like, uh, what you guys are doing up there at, the, with the Church of Planned Parenthood. It's, it's very positive. Everything's prayer, worship, preaching, you know, positivity, things like that. And then you compare that with the counter protesters, which is, you know, vulgar, very derogatory, hateful, anger, all that kind of stuff. It's really interesting when you look at the comparisons, and I feel like for for whatever reason, people aren't looking at those comparisons between good and evil. 
Right. It's very – you just start asking people questions. Do you – we preach life. Are you defending death? We preach order. Are you defending chaos? We preach civil discussion. Are you defending which what essentially is ultimatums? In, in what society would you rather live in? Because the one is grounded in Judeo-Christian principles. It has been tested and proven for hundreds of years, and the other is not. It actually descends into violence and chaos and death and bloodshed, and we know that's exactly what the Marxists want. They want to foment chaos. They want to – and I, again, I'm not going to mince words. They want to foment a civil war in this country prior to the election and through the, the election so that Trump doesn't win. Are, are, are we really going to follow people that want to destroy everything for the sake of gaining power? Because, I mean, again, I don't want to. That, sound, that sounds, uh, quite frankly, crazy, and it is. We need to call it out for what they are, what they are doing. We need to stand on a line and say, you know, not here in America. It's not going to happen in our country. And I'm seeing one of the positive things I'm seeing out of all of this is that people are realizing that evil is raging because God is already on the move. And we're seeing revivals break out with Sean Foyk down there in California in, in contradiction to Governor Newsom and then taking that on the road to New York and then other cities in the United States and thousands of people giving their lives to Christ and being baptized or filled with the Spirit. It's, it's fantastic. We're seeing this happen now in America, because, and that's why evil's raging. So I want to be on the side that's positive and tra transforming lives. I mean, this is great. Why are we shunning this? And of course, too, and one of the other positives is patriots are waking up. Christians are waking up that all these things that they have been told over the years uh, are not true. And now they want to do something about it. And we need to be there ready as the body of Christ to disciple them. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, and I, and I think one of the other things that we're, that we're seeing is I think we're starting to see – uh, you know, even churches, I think oftentimes even churches that have been, you know, going along with the, the Romans 13 myth, which means we're supposed to submit to, you know, our government no matter what. We're even seeing some of those churches starting to wake up to the, to realize like, just because the government says something doesn't make it true. And, and we have to root everything in God's word and root everything in the constitution. You know, like even like this weekend, we saw, uh, John MacArthur's church. I think they held their church service for like the first time since, the lockdowns out here in California, which is a good thing. It's praise God. They're, you know, finally, you know, bucking the system to a certain degree. But I think for too long, we've seen pastors really caving to the government. Um, can you, can you kind of like talk about like what, what's, what's the rationality about actually disobeying the government when they, when they're trying to restrict church services and things like that? Well, it's not about disobeying. It's about obeying. So it's about obeying the highest power. It's about obeying the highest authority, which is God. And that's what Romans 13 says. It says higher authorities, some translations powers, higher authorities. We, we are not supposed to obey government when it is saying something that is clearly false, that is clearly trying to uh, shut down a God-given unalienable right. And one of those unalienable rights, unalienable means nothing can be leaned against it, and that's the right to worship. That's the right to minister to people who are hurting. Of course Satan wants the churches closed down. Of course he wants people isolated. Of course he wants a muzzle over their face so they can't preach the gospel of Jesus Christ. Of course he wants a muzzle over their face so that they can't worship. It's exactly what he wants. 
So we're not going to do that. We're going to do what God commanded us to do because in Second John, God said very clearly that obedience to his commands is love. So the loving thing to do in a situation like this is to obey God no matter what is happening around us, no matter the peer pressure that's occurring, no matter the ignorance that's occurring. We're supposed to obey God. And I will tell you that there's an interesting story that occurred uh, at the end of World War II. The OSS, the Office of Strategic Services, which is the precursor to the CIA, actually did a study on how an ostensibly Christian country, Germany, could have possibly allowed the Holocaust to happen. And uh, Annex 4 of this study, talking about the persecution of Christian churches, came to this conclusion that the Holocaust happened because the German government successfully deprived the Christian church from living out its Christianity beyond the four walls of that church. And that is what, what a lesson of history for right now. Bank of Clark County is making it easy to give to local charities. We're featuring a different one at each of our Bank of Clark County locations. To find out how you can support their good work, visit our website at www.bankofclark.bank or follow us on our social media channels and the hashtag GiveWithBOCC. Happy Holidays from all of us at Bank of Clark County. Member FDIC. This holiday season, pay tribute to the people who fought for our freedom to celebrate. Featuring the largest American flag in the region, Spirit Park is now open at National Harbor, honoring active duty military and veterans. Take some time this holiday to remember, offer gratitude, and be inspired by the sacrifices of our service men and women who make our way of life possible. Plan your visit at nationalharbor.com slash spiritpark. That's nationalharbor.com slash spiritpark. You can live a long, healthy life if you're HIV positive. With the current treatments, we can get patients down to being undetectable. The array of options is so much greater today. U equals U. Undetectable equals untransmittable. If someone who's HIV positive, they're taking their medication, they're undetectable, they're not able to pass HIV to their partners. Do it for you, Montgomery County. Your HIV treatment is their prevention. Get more information at doitforumc.org. It is not government that tells us what to do. It is God that tells us what to do. Government exists, and its purpose is to protect our God-given unalienable rights to life, liberty, property, and the ability to defend the same. It, it is clearly spelled out in Romans 13 that the purpose of government is to, in a very shorter form, punish evil and promote good. And so is that what's happening now? And the answer is absolutely not especially well, most of the country anyway. South Dakota is doing a fantastic job. But we're supposed to stand in this time and provide that leadership, provide that light, and say we aren't supposed to be living in fear. And people say, well, there's a disease. And I said, well, there was a great plague as well that swept through Europe. And guess who was going out and ministering to all the sick people and ministering to the folks uh, – families who had lost loved ones and burying the dead. It was Christians. In fact, that's where the word hospital comes from, the hospitaliers who were actually doing that. So are we Christians or not? And are we believing that God is who he says he is? And if we do believe that, 
then we need to obey him instead of government. That's my short dissertation. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, and I and I think that the other side of it too that that I think a lot of people aren't taking taking into consideration is that we we also we submit to the constitution. Not necessarily our our local, let's say our local governor, like out like, like out here in California, we've got Gavin Newsom going crazy, making a limit on the 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 largest gathering you can have inside would be a hundred people, at least when he was even legally allowing us to have indoor church services, and then he took that away. But at a certain point, when the Constitution says that the government will not restrict and will and will and will not. Um, Basically, will not will not. Uh, I don't. I'm totally blanking on on the wording within the Constitution. But when the government is not supposed to be restricting religion, and all of a sudden it is, we we're supposed to be submitting to the Constitution, not to Gavin Newsom, who thinks that he's the local king or emperor or dictator. And I think that that's also something that we need to understand when we're talking about submission. It's submitting to whom. It's not necessarily your local mayor if he's saying something that's unconstitutional. There's a there's a, a very clear Christian doctrine called the doctrine of lesser magistrates, and this was this kind of talks about this issue, and I, I want to talk about that quickly because uh, the Supreme Court is not the final arbiter of what is or what is not constitutional. It, it's not, and so all these people say, well, the Supreme Court said it, we, we have to follow it. No, we don't. God is always the final arbiter on questions of morality. All right, and actually on on every question, and so we we, we can't get into this mindset of saying, oh, well, we got to obey the Supreme Court. No, they're not the final arbiter of what is and what is not constitutional. Um, in fact, that was the whole point between the separation of powers. It was the whole point between the vertical checks and balances that a state could say, hey, you guys are way off on the Constitution. We're not going to follow that. And, and saying it to the Supreme Court, Andrew Jackson actually said that the founder of the Democrat Party, if you can believe it, actually went against the United States Supreme Court. So this it's not just the Supreme Court either. It's all of these lesser magistrates and what they are doing. And people say, well, Matt, how can you how can you say that this is this would lead to chaos? No, it doesn't. It leads to accountability. And that's the key. At Nuremberg, so following World War II, there were trials of the Nazi Germans who had perpetrated some of the most heinous crimes in the history of the world. During that trial, the judges came to this conclusion, and in the aftermath, that there is an independent moral standard to which we are all accountable. And it doesn't matter who above us orders us to do anything, because the Germans had an excuse, befehlicht befehl, or an order is an order. It doesn't matter who orders us to do something above us. We must evaluate every single thing on an independent moral standard, and we will be held accountable for our individual actions. That was a ruling at Nuremberg. So this issue is actually already settled back at Nuremberg, and anybody going against it is quite literally going against the Nuremberg trials, which puts them in a very awkward intellectual position. Yeah. Well, you know, and, and I think even just like taking it from like a logical perspective too, use, using the leftist own, own, you know, we'll put it in quotes, logic. Um, you know, like they disagree with the Supreme Court on issues, you know, when it goes against them, you know, like, you know, even, even dealing with something like abortion, like obviously they support abortion, you know, you and I would oppose abortion, but they would say that, you know, it, that our country was, was working unconstitutionally pre Roe versus Wade by restricting abortion. And so even using their own logic, they, what, what they're claiming does not line up with what even they believe. I, you know, and that's, it, that's just kind of my take on that. No, it doesn't. I think that's a very good point. And 
in particular, too, with the United States Supreme Court, they write opinions. It's a reason it's called an opinion. It was supposed to be the weakest branch of the federal government. The founders were very clear in that on the debates on the Constitution and actually before. And so we know that's what it is. Then we, we need to start acting accordingly. And some of these outrageous decisions that have come out recently, particularly, we need to continue to do the right thing as God has called us to do. And you know, we're going to be held accountable for that standard, not for the standard of following the orders of government. Yeah. Now, now what what – because I, because I feel like a lot of times, at least with the way things are going right now, a lot of times we don't have those proper checks and balances with the Supreme Court in the sense of everybody just says, well, it's from the Supreme Court ruled. That's the end of it. We just submit that there's nothing else that we can do. But what are actually supposed to be the checks and balances for the Supreme Court? Oh, fantastic question. Article three, uh, there's actually the ability of Congress to remove from the Supreme Court's jurisdiction certain issues. And I think they need to start doing that. Um, some people call it the nuclear option, but I think they need to start doing that. The other thing is states can refuse to enforce it. Um, in fact, uh, the Supreme Court, believe it or not, actually ruled twice in two cases, uh, the last one being Prince v. U.S., that, that uh, states cannot be forced to enact or enforce a federal regulatory scheme. So, okay, so they rule on something. Well, as Andrew Jackson said, let them come enforce it now. So that was an intentional check in the system. That isn't a radical thing. They actually discussed it as a check in the system that states could refuse to enforce a Supreme Court ruling. They could refuse to enforce anything that they deemed to be unconstitutional as a vertical check and balance in the system. And then even below that, the people could be a final check and balance. In fact, that's why a well-armed people is put into the Constitution and was really universally supported throughout the Founding Fathers because the final check and balance in the system is a well-armed people when government comes to try to enforce something that is clearly and blatantly unconstitutional and for the destruction of the rights that government is supposed to be protecting. Yeah, and I, th- and I think that, that that's important, I think, for, for us to understand is that, you know, technically, we do have recourse. We do have ways to handle this, but at the same time, we need to put pressure on, I think, our representatives to actually follow through with this and not just give in just because the Supreme Court says something. I know, like, even even reading um, Mark Levin's book where he was talking about the Convention of the States, you know, he's he was trying to go down the route of trying to give the give Congress the authority to kind of overrule a Supreme Court decision with like a two-thirds vote or something along those lines. But I think a lot of times people are totally forgetting what you're even saying with this nuclear option. Well, we, we already ha- they already have that authority. And that's why I find some of these a little frustrating. The authority is already there. But the elephant in the room nobody wants to talk about is the political will there to do this. And that's the real question. Is the political will there to do it? Because if it is, we can solve this very, very, very quickly. And particularly with Antifa and Black Lives Matter and Socialist Rifle Association and John Brown Gun Club and Redneck Revolt and all these armed Marxist organizations that are appearing, they those organizations are very well funded. We know this for a fact because of the types of radios and SLR cameras they're using. We know they're very well funded. So if they're very well funded, why are we not going to their vehicles, the colonels of these this group Antifa, Quite literally, sit in a van a ways off from the from the unrest and in the rioting and the looting, 
why aren't we getting the, the VIN numbers and tracing the vans and finding out who owns this and finding out who's funding it and then prosecuting the people that are funding it and constricting their money supplies and seizing bank accounts as part of the prosecution. I mean, my goodness, we've done that in the Holy Land Foundation trial, which was the largest successfully prosecuted terror financing trial in U.S. history with the Muslim Brotherhood and the Council on American Islamic Relations and also the North American Islamic Trust. How come we can't do that with Antifa? And I think actually Attorney General Barr has started to do that with Antifa. I think that's why we're seeing a lot more of the raging that's going on. And I think that there are actual indictments. Um, I know people have been talking about this for a long time that are very, very close right now. And from a couple of sources that I have, they're, they're kind of emphasizing it. I think that that's close, and I think it needs to happen. There needs to be a prosecution of the people who are trying to tear down and destroy this country. Yeah, well, yeah, and we're even seeing like governmental officials. I think I saw a video this morning of uh, it was Nadler, I think it was that was that was literally saying that uh, Antifa is a myth, and uh, it's like they're not even acknowledging that it's a legitimate, real thing. Um, You know, it it it's getting crazy. It is. In fact, let me be specific on this. There was an article here a couple years ago about how Antifa was being investigated for running guns across the southern border for Mexican cartels to start an armed revolution in the United States of America. That was two years ago. In 2017, there was an FBI field report on Antifa Oakland going to Germany to meet with their German counterpart anti-fascist action in Germany and ISIS. I mean, my goodness, this has clearly been, been planned for a very long time. And now we're seeing arms shipments from China being intercepted in coastal cities, Florida, Virginia, and then the latest one was in Seattle, Washington. And these shipments were designated, coincidentally, to areas that have a lot of unrest and looting and rioting. I mean, we need to open our eyes to what is actually happening and that this has been planned for a very long time. This is not some sort of a spontaneous movement. This is not some sort of a, a, a thing where they just need more education and they're just, you know uh, – Kids who don't know what's going on, their leaders know exactly what's going on. And those kids may be used, but their leaders know exactly what's going on, and they're trying to bring this country down. Yeah, so so then, you know, for, for all of us, you know, as Christians even, and, you know, we're we're learning all this information, we're keeping up on everything and, and all of that, but what what do we actually do? Like, like and, and I think that that's where people kind of feel like they've got their hands tied behind their back, and they're like, I know what I know what needs to be done, but I'm not a congressman. I'm not a you know any any person with any kind of power. What are we supposed to do? Well, very first and foremost, we need to bring prayer and fasting back into the church on a regular basis. Here at our church at Covenant, we are going to be pray, uh, praying and fasting for three days every month, starting at the very first of the month to give Him our our, our best, our first fruits, if you will, at the start of a month. We need to be praying and fasting for our country. We need to be praying and fasting for peace. We need to be praying and fasting for the church to wake up. We need to be praying and fasting for revival uh, to break out. It's already here, but to actually be amplified and break out. And we need to be praying and fasting that the church would accept its identity as the bride of Christ and that we as sons and daughters of the king need to start acting like sons and daughters of a king. I think that those are some of the things that we need to do first. Praying and fasting is powerful. I think in addition to that, leaders need to be taking a couple days a month away just to be in the presence of God. Our leaders in this country need to be doing that. Our leaders in the church need to be doing that. Jesus did that. Are are we thinking we're immune? We need to be spending time in the presence 
of our Father and listening to him, not just talking the whole time, but actually listening to what he has to say. We need to be fighting in the spiritual realm. We need to be coming against these evil forces that are that are running roughshod in America right now. Luke 10:19, Jesus gave us the authority to tread upon all the power of the enemy. And in the Greek, all means all. And he specifically listed that he gave us the power to tread upon serpents or lies and deceit and to tread upon scorpions or the spirit of death. We need to be doing that every single day. Practically speaking, a couple of uh, organizations I think that are, are fantastic. One is Understanding the Threat. I would subscribe to their blog. They are the foremost intelligence organization in America on the Islamic threat in America and what the Islamists are trying to do to take the country down, uh, in particularly what they have done in Minneapolis. I think that the other organization is the New American and the John Birch Society. I think they're fantastic. It is the premier intelligence organization on Marxism. They've been warning about this quite literally for three decades, what we're facing. So go to the sources that have been right, that have the primary source documents. And oh, by the way, the New American magazine, they've never had to retract an article in the last over two decades. So extremely accurate. So I would go and, and investigate those organizations locally too. And then lastly, I would say prepare. We, we need to be able to witness in a time of crisis. God is warning us of a crisis. We need to be able to witness in a time of crisis. And one of the ways that we can witness is to be prepared to love our neighbor in a tangible way during that crisis. And that actually not only takes the fear out of crisis, it puts the emphasis where it needs to be, and that is on Jesus Christ. Yeah, absolutely. And I, and I think, and I think a lot of times it's really easy for, I think for all of us that are, you know, following along with our, with the world events and current events and all that kind of stuff to really get caught up in, in the ins and outs of that. But at the same time, we can kind of take a step back to a certain degree and realize God is, God is in control. Now it's just about us being obedient. We trust God to work everything out, but you know, that, that doesn't excuse us from still needing, needing to be obedient and don't get distracted and get so caught up in it that we totally give up at the same time too. That's right. So we, we need to be focused on him and what he has for us in this time. This is a Kairos time or a time of God's favored season. He is going to execute his plan. We need to be focusing on what he wants us to do in this time, where he wants us in this time, and how he wants us to expand his kingdom in this time. Right, right. Now, now as we're wrapping up, we're heading, heading into the last question. Wanted to ask you. So we've got the 2020 election coming up. We got yep. we got Biden, we've got Trump, and you know at a certain point, you know, and I was just talking with a friend today. You know, with Biden, you know, he's got a stated platform on his website, but nobody's talking about it. All people talk about is he's got dementia or a gotcha thing from 20 years ago or whatever it is. But even from a Christian perspective, what do you th- what do you think that this is that this election is actually over, and what does a vote in either way actually signify? Again, I think this is communism versus liberty. I think this is the Lord and righteousness versus a path of darkness. And so I want to choose the Lord and righteousness. I hope everybody else does. And I want to choose a path of liberty. And it is that stark. Uh, hit, as you mentioned, Joe Biden's platform is clearly moving way left uh, and and is very Marxist and socialist in many of its tenets. Uh but what they their real goal is is communism, and so he is just trying to appease some of those entities and, and people here in the United States that were supporting Bernie Sanders. Now, Donald Trump, on the other hand, 
while not perfect, has done a fantastic job under fire almost every day of his administration trying to dismantle the deep state, prosecute the bad actors, and also neuter our main enemies in the world who are trying to undermine and destroy this country. And he has come out publicly and signaled very clearly that he wants to and will support Christians and our ability to continue to spread the gospel of Jesus Christ. So with those two choices, I think the choice is pretty clear, at least in my opinion. Yeah, no, absolutely. I'm, I'm with you on that one. So, so uh, you know, if, if people want to be following you, what you're, what you're talking about, I know, I know you've got your show and all that kind of stuff, what's the best way for them to do that? Sure, absolutely. They can go to uh, Matt and, and they can email me very simply at matt at votesha.com. But my website is votesha.com. Also, uh, Patriot Radio, we broadcast uh, twice a week up here uh, across all of eastern Washington, uh, northern Idaho, and western Montana. Have a podcast, Patriot Radio as well, on iTunes, uh, Podbean, and Spotify. And you can see the logo in the background. Absolutely. So, yeah, I highly encourage everybody to do that. But, uh, but Matt, I really appreciate you coming on. I always enjoy our talks and, and that sort of thing. And we'll definitely have to do it again sometime. Absolutely. Jeff, blessings to you and take care of yourself and keep up the fight. Yeah, definitely. I mean, it's, it's, it's definitely a fight out here in communist California. So <laughs> Washington tries to match you. <laughs> I know it, it's, a, it's like a competition who can, who can be further to the left. <laughs> so, but yeah, I really appreciate it. And then, uh, everybody else as well. Make sure you guys go over to Apple Podcasts. Uh, subscribe if you can. Leave us a five-star review. Really helps with the algorithms and all of that. Uh, really appreciate you guys' support. Uh, don't forget, uh, go pre-order the book, Church and State, How the Left Used the Church to Conquer America. We're writing about a lot of the things that we talked about uh, today. So check that out. And then, uh, yeah, we will see you guys next time. Bank of Clark County is making it easy to give to local charities. We're featuring a different one at each of our Bank of Clark County locations. To find out how you can support their good work, visit our website at www.bankofclark.bank or follow us on our social media channels and the hashtag GiveWithBOCC. Happy Holidays from all of us at Bank of Clark County. Member FDIC. The holidays are a moment of togetherness and joy and a reminder of how tradition creates happy and fulfilled communities. Make this holiday season patriotic with a visit to National Harbor and its stunning new spirit park. Marvel at one of the largest American flags in the region and beautiful displays of American art. Make this holiday season the most meaningful of all at National Harbor. Learn more at nationalharbor.com spiritpark